0: Uh, yes ma'am, uh, what's the specials tonight?
1: Green fried tomatoes and chicken fried toast. And for dessert, in the corner back by the woodpile.
0: Yuck. I'm Spung Counter Guy, thanks for stopping by. This is another episode of Trying to Hurt Cats, the philosophical podcast where we throw anonymous quotes at anonymous people and we see what bites. So here we go. First quote, All human unhappiness comes from not knowing how to stay quietly in a room.
2: Well, that would surmise that happiness would come from being able to stay quietly in a room.
0: Mm.
2: And I think there's some truth to that as well. Okay. Um, If you acknowledge that happiness is... A state of mind. It's not a place that you get to. It's not something that you unlock or you achieve. But you might get a moment of it, a moment of clarity, a moment of contentness. Um, I think it's easier to find those moments when you are quiet, when you are still, when you are not distracted by what somebody else has or or whatever you know. The commercials are telling you you need to be happy. Mm. Um, yesterday, I thought. I was just feeling so crappy. And then I I made a list, okay, like what's actually happening, and I had absolutely no reason to be unhappy. Everything was going well. I was warm, I was fed, I was surrounded by loved ones. Things are going well. We just it's like something in our brain immediately responds to tension or life or whatever as, "Oh, I'm unhappy again." But
0: Can you give an example what tri- of maybe what triggered it?
2: I think I was feeling a little, maybe just the tiniest bit of professional jealousy.
3: Ooh, do tell. You know?
2: Tell. Somebody, somebody put out a tweet. You know, hey, I just, you know, got this grant. And uh, I'm like, oh, well, I don't have that yet. And I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that. And, you know, when I start to um, compare myself to what other people are getting or achieving or and then I have to sort of bring it back and, again, being quiet and being still and saying, I actually have everything that I need, and when I can turn off everybody else's needs and wants, like, I'm really good.
0: Just going with the flow of what you're saying, is is there any advantage to comparing yourself with others? We know the disadvantage, the feeling inadequate.
2: I think only if you recognize that you are treating yourself badly. You know, if you look at somebody else's health, and they've got really good health, and you don't. Is there something that you can do to achieve that? On the flip side, if you see somebody who's really not doing well, and you go, you know what? I don't have it so bad. Yeah. With the storm yesterday, we we're like, uh, this is just. It sucks to be cold, and it sucks mm-hmm. to this. And we had a leak in the skylight, and I started to feel horrible. And then I'm like, I have, I have a skylight. You have skylight. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> am I bitching about? Yeah. You know, my power's on. Mm-hmm. All of my needs are taken care of. Most of my wants are taken care of. What the, what the hell is wrong with me that I can't, I, yeah. yeah. But as somebody who does spend a lot of time quiet in a room, you know, I I withdrew from a big portion of social media because I, I just couldn't stand the constant comparison, the constant noise. And it wasn't just everybody else making noise. It was me making noise, too, just to be, what, heard? Yeah. By whom? Mm-hmm.
0: human unhappiness comes from not knowing how to stay quietly in a room.
3: You can make your own contentment.
0: Are you generally content in your house, quiet? Oh, yes. Of course, now you've got friends. You've got Oh yes. how many cats and <laughs> how many dogs?
3: One dog. Just one dog now okay. and two cats. Okay. And just caring and, and uh, doing for them. Make sure, you know, they have food and water and uh, and then hoping that the ones that are out there, of course, God takes care of them. Mm-hmm. He can even see the buds. And, and I've, I've got some breadcrumbs in my car now to take out to the shopping center. There's always a bunch of those birds out there. That are,
0: oh, you feed the birds at the shopping center? Yeah. What kind of birds are they? You
3: know? They're seagulls, I think. That's another thing we got to do. And you'll see them. I mean, the the shopping center up there off the with the bypass and everything, where all mm-hmm. the main stores are, like there's a
0: close to Garcias.
3: Yeah, across. That's yeah. where they are, yeah. across from Garcias. Well,
0: I know why they're there. It's the greatest Mexican restaurant on the planet. <laughs> but back but, to the birds. After you feed them, you drive off, and then you watch them. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. But I think well, God takes care of all of his all the creatures.
0: Yeah. Sometimes we are the hands of God, though, right?
3: I I don't know, but I I think it. Each one can do their part, you know. that. You just got to think that they won't go hungry, they'll find a way.
0: All human unhappiness comes from not knowing how to stay quietly in a room.
4: People definitely get into a lot of trouble with their words.
5: <laughs> right.
4: But but I think, you know, there's been a lot of good that's come out of not remaining quiet. You know, people who stand up for a cause. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, when you're more a mature woman now. You have a child and everything. And When you were younger, you were pretty fidgety and always busy. Am I correct or am I wrong?
4: No, you're totally right. <laughs>
0: okay. Were you happy or unhappy at that time?
4: Um, you know, I think at that time I thought I was unhappy and maybe I was. Um But with with me personally, it was more I was always such a goal oriented person Mm -hmm. that I would I would achieve what I wanted. But then when I had it, I didn't take time to enjoy it. I was always trying to think of the next thing. So, I mean, you know, well, for case in point in high school, I wanted to move to a cool city and go to a cool art school and have a cool job and a cool coffee shop and have a cool boyfriend and a cool apartment. And I had every single one of those things, but I was still pretty unhappy for some reason and always frustrated and unsatisfied and always looking at the next thing. Now, hindsight's twenty twenty. I look back now and I go, man, I wish I could have just sat and kind of relished in the accomplishments I made. I, mean, I even do that now, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe if, if I were to turn it back to that saying, it, for me, it would be more... You know, if your mind's all chattery all the time and thinking about this and that and fantasizing and not being in the moment, that it's pretty unhappy. Because if you stop and you just calm down and you really observe and try to be really aware of your existence, it's actually very satisfying and peaceful, even if you're not in the best situation you'd want to be in.
0: Kind of going backwards, now that you have a family, do you get quiet moments?
4: I think the opportunities are fewer but they're more taken advantage of. I mean, You can make any moment a quiet moment, really.
0: You mean even when there's a lot of noise and racket, you can uh, tune it all out?
4: I don't even know if it's tuning it out as as much as it's changing my perception of it. I could look at my son running around making a racket and just getting agitated about it. Or I could just be there and and just kind of taking it in. and it's kind of hard to explain. You know, the other night he was in the bath and he was pretending to be a baby. He was playing baby. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of just listening and enjoying listening to him having imaginative play. But his father was getting agitated because the baby noise was actually pretty agitating. It was an annoying sound. Can you so, imi-
0: can you imitate the sound?
4: <laughs> it was like... Uh, like That was it. It was just like real whiny.
5: Uh And it
4: was in the bathtub, so there was a lot of reverb.
5: Right.
0: (laughs) Again, all human unhappiness comes from not knowing how to stay quietly in a room.
6: I would say that. uh goes without saying that it's true because the people who are able to do that are the introverts of the world and these are the people who have created and contributed the most to world culture like michelangelo, uh, da Vinci, Beethoven, Van Gogh, Shakespeare. These were not people that were looking to go out and conquer other nations or get fame and and glory for themselves. Actually, it's probably the extroverts of the world who are the ones that because they are not comfortable being in a room content with themselves, seek out situations that uh, cause unhappiness.
0: Uh, Yeah, so, kind of based on what you're saying, I was trying to think if any dictators or tyrants or warmongers were also artists and the only one i can think of was hitler who was an art artist initially and apparently a failed one or people didn't appreciate what he did
6: obviously well I, I, let's see i would think that uh saddam would probably be an extrovert mm-hmm. if i had to go out on a limb i would say that uh ayatollah
0: mm-hmm. not into watercolors
6: no yeah the, the people who are content being by themselves are also the people who do not attract attention to themselves. And the people that attract attention to themselves, let's say, like a Bill Clinton, Mm -hmm. are people that uh, inadvertently cause unhappiness for themselves or others.
0: One thing that maybe is a little contrary to what you're saying, I think, is serial killers, I know they are, at least by the time they go nuts and kill people, they are introverts. I think what I understand that they... They wanted to be uh, friendly with people and have friends, but they were rejected, and so they become these introverts. And they learn to stay quietly in the room, but then again, maybe not, I guess, if, if they actually leave the room to go you know, chop off a head or something.
6: But, but at the same time, it, it seems as though they uh, are doing these things in order to attract attention,
5: mm-hmm.
6: because they are, are not comfortable being by themselves. Not a serial killer, but Kaczynski was very isolated and there's probably a difference in being isolated you can be isolated and uncomfortable versus being comfortable by yourself oh yeah kaczynski was a unibomber, right yes yeah. so i would say kaczynski was isolated but not comfortable with himself
0: quote. Time heals griefs and quarrels, for we change and are no longer the same persons. Neither the offender nor the offended are any more themselves.
7: Physical wounds and physical pain—I mm-hmm. think that's very true. The emotional, and psychological is probably is different, um, but also true. For me, I've had a lot of physical pain, and yet, certainly hoping and ultimately knowing that the outcome is worth it is what gets you through and gets you to, for me, small goals, um, on a daily basis to get to, uh, the ultimate goal, whether it be a healing from a surgery or, um, I guess getting to walk after a period of not walking, just the ultimate. Do you feel like your, um, all your
0: physical trials has made you, has it affected the way that you view heart, heart pain?
7: I think it, it has, and it, it's, in some ways, though, I think I'm a pretty empathetic person. Sometimes I'm not, or I may come off as cold and um, kind of suck it up kind of attitude. Mm-hmm. Because for, that's what you've had to do yourself. Yeah, okay, yeah. yes, exactly. Yeah. But but then I also step back and realize pain is, is relative and all legitimate for mm-hmm. the person who's going through it. And mm-hmm. that it's important mm-hmm. to them. And uh, I guess, you know, just in a workplace situation where I there's just oh general sickness that kind of drives me crazy when they're complaining about a something that to me seems trivial but I have to step back from that and realize this, this is the biggest problem that they have right now and I have to respect that. Wow, that's
0: well said. <laughs> but, but if they came to a rap battle about who had the biggest problems you, you would, yeah, well, they might get served, huh? Yeah,
7: they might. They might. I try not to be the, the one-upper there but I always feel right. like I have it in my back pocket if I need to be. Right,
5: right. <laughs>
0: Again, time heals griefs and quarrels, for we change and are no longer the same persons. Neither the offender nor the offended are any more themselves.
8: Probably the worst part about it is having to go through the, the time, you know that it takes, mm-hmm. to heal wounds. But
0: can you think of people that you maybe had problems with in the past and you run into them and they haven't changed? They're still the same. Like all the, the recipe is there for, more conflict.
8: I yeah I can see that. You know I look at because. I want to look at high school friends in particular because I've friends from grade school and junior high, and it's uncanny how they're the same people, and we're going to be fifty this year, all of us. In some respects, like their essence is the same. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean they're still reactionary, but um, you can almost see their parents in them. mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you see your your parents in yourself? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) What did one of the Buddhists say? He said, "If you think you're enlightened." go spend a weekend with your your mom and dad and you'll see if you're enlightened or not
0: again time heals griefs and quarrels for we change and are no longer the same persons, neither the offender nor the offended are any more themselves. You hear a lot of different
9: sayings throughout uh, just all, all walks of life, you know, once a cheater, always a cheater. Mm-hmm. Um, if a person's that way, they're always going to be that way. They can't change. You hear the opposite side of that, too. If there's no ideal of redemption, why should anybody bother trying to make themselves better, even if nobody's ever going to see them as being better? you have to have some sort of mindset of redemption or, you know, our entire society would fall apart. You know, if you sped once, you might as well take away your license because you're not, you're just going to keep speeding. If you're put in jail for anything, you might as well stay there forever because you're never going to be rehabilitated or, you know, is jail even the right answer to correct things? You know, I know it's, it's the best we've got. you got to do something. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it, you know, it's, it goes against probably a lot of conservative beliefs that people I know have. But, you know, I think imprisonment for a lot of the things that we have right now it only makes it worse right. you know you tear families apart you put people in uh situations where they have to join gangs just to survive exactly and, yeah. and uh, you you know just you, you take somebody that could have been put in jail for something that didn't hurt anyone but at the same time they get out and they're a hardened criminal it's the only life they know and their reviticism rate goes ravidicism? Recidivism? recidivism We'll I, say it's a word. Whatever that word is I'm looking for, it goes up astronomically if somebody's been incarcerated for, mm-hmm. I think, more than three months. You because know, they, they, It only takes a small amount of time to shape a lifestyle mm-hmm. and shape who somebody is. And if they were um, kind of morally on the fence beforehand, it doesn't take a lot to push somebody over the edge in a bad way as far as time healing all. When I first was guided by the hand of God out of the life I was living, which a lot of people wouldn't have even looked at as that bad, but when your heart's convicted, you see everything as it really is. Mm -hmm. I hated who I was. I hated everything about the life I had lived. I couldn't stand myself as a person. I'm looking back at like, this person was an idiot. Like, why on earth would anybody live that way? Mm -hmm. And the further back I get from it, I just kind of see it as you can't hate yourself for, for what you've done you have to pick up and move on. And one big push that led me to wanting to leave, I was asleep one night and somebody kicked the back door into the house I was living in to rob it. They didn't think anybody was home. And as soon as I hopped up and kind of came out, they took off out the door. But you know, that shook me to the core to where I was like, I will not live here anymore. Mm -hmm. And I just, in my heart of hearts, because I lost sleep over that. It made me very anxious. I hated those people for causing that kind of anxiety to dwell within Mm -hmm. me. And uh, you know, at this point I just, I truly really hope that they just, found a way to get their life together I hope they're doing better today than they were then or even they were yesterday it sounds cliche but there's something to be said for normalcy once you've lived with something so long whether it be good or bad it becomes part of who you are Mm
0: time heals griefs and quarrels for we change and are no longer the same persons neither the offender nor the offended are any more themselves
8: they say time heals all wounds and it's been said so many times that it's kind of boring to even speak it but it's true in part because we're constantly evolving and and as we evolve we have time to reflect and we have time to just grow and have other experiences and then we're just able to look back on whatever it was that happened and and see it in a different perspective almost as just almost as a about as objective an observer as you're going to get as someone who was involved in something can be you know but time allows that time is distance right by the way
0: would you agree that some people don't see it that way like they still hold on to things that you've said a long time ago or I think about with some of the the issues that are going on in society where someone's digging up something that somebody said 20 years ago when, you know, the, the culture and the tolerance was different. Yeah. And they're paying for it now. Right.
8: It, it depends on the person's perspective and their motives, you know. If they're unable to see or unwilling to see in the, in the sense of, like, the media, you know, just wants a nice, juicy story. Right. They're unwilling to accept or, or don't even care that this person who said this thing might have actually grown a lot and changed a lot, may not even have that same opinion, even remotely. Mm-hmm. You know, may not even give the person the chance to explain that they've changed, and right. you know, uh, or, or their idea of giving them the chance to explain. That they've changed is by letting everybody know what they said 20 years ago, instead of first going to them and saying, "You know, you said this. Would you like to comment on this before we blow it out of proportion?" Well,
0: you're somewhat involved in media. Uh, do you see that sometimes where someone has like apologized and they they don't air it, or not necessarily the people you work for, but other entities?
8: Uh, it seems like apologies uh, don't make big headlines. Repentance and, doesn't. No, okay. and the media in general is far less likely to put effort into uh, some kind of apology uh, than they are the initial spark. Uh, The spark is what they want to ride on. That's the wave. And and I draw parallels from that to things like you'll see a big headline that cops uh, get shot at because they, they, they were trying to bust this. Uh, This house where they heard there was suspected drug activity and they go in there, some old lady and she shoots at them and injured, killed, uh, shot one of the cops. Didn't kill him, you know, Mm -hmm. just shot one of the cops. And they found drugs and all this stuff. Oh, let's make a big deal out of that. Mm -hmm. Well, come to find out a few months later after some investigation first and litigation. And and basically you find out, well, the cops had the wrong address. (laughs) Not only that, when they realized they had the wrong address, they were so confrontational that the, the old lady that was in the house like like felt threatened and didn't know what was going on and shot at them because they had intruders. Well, sure. Yes, they were the cops, but they were right. still intruding. And the, the, whoever got injured, who got shot, was actually one of the cops. Shot one of the other cops accidentally. <laughs> oh. Okay? And the drugs that were found, they planted the drugs. This is a real case? Yes. Wow. I'm citing an actual case. Wow. Uh, but did that get put out as a big deal uh-huh. was that amplified by the media no it wasn't not at all uh-huh. not at all i mean it was a whimper just beep, beep, yeah. you know because there's no press release from an actual police department for that right right
0: you would think that the people that reported that initially they look like fools now because they made such a big deal out of something that
8: was that was not correct or they were it, it, yes, it's that's true. That's true. I mean, you, you'd I mean, you'd feel like kind of an ass yeah. if, if you went around shouting, uh, you know, the the sky is falling, uh, the sky is falling, and then you found out, oh wait, it wasn't, and mm-hmm. you, you may not run around shouting the sky's not falling, the sky's not falling, because yeah. you feel like kind of crap. This comes up a lot: uh, the phenomenon of useful idiots. You
0: end up helping the people that fooled you because of your own ego and your own susceptibility. And last quote, We can only know God well when we know our own sin, and those who have known God without knowing their wretchedness have not glorified Him, but have glorified themselves.
5: Uh, That's very true in a large sense. Because so many people uh, think that God uh, came uh, in the in the, in the form of His Son, and the reason that God sent His Son was uh, to make us a better person, uh, a nicer person. Mm-hmm. But that's not why God came at all, why Christ came at all. Uh, and but until and that's the reason I'm saying until we see ourselves, until we allow the Holy Spirit. To divulge uh, us to our sins, mm-hmm. and He is the only one that can. We will continue on of uh, being a good guy, a nice guy, even a good church member, even doing things uh, spiritually. But until we see our sins and and how lost we were, and and I I the reason I can say that because uh, when I first got saved, I thought that's what it was about until I really. Seen what I really was and uh-huh. where I was going, going to hell, and how lost I was. And when I realized it, there came such a joy after I surrendered to Him completely. So
0: you've known people that never really surrendered, but they go to church and are good people. Well, chilling, I I know I, nice I
5: know right? so, I, I know some, I know some, and of course I wouldn't name any of them. But uh, and uh, well, what's their phone I, number? <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, uh, I they they would uh, identify with with a, a, the the uh, the sinfulness of man in their language, mm-hmm. or associations, mm-hmm. uh, their associations, uh, their biblical beliefs, mm-hmm. and uh, they would more or less tell on them themselves, you know, and still make a profession. Mm-hmm. I would not want to be judgmental mm-hmm. about it, but I just say this, but that would throw them off cue. And uh, for someone to say that they love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength as they ought to. Mm-hmm. I'd say that they're lacking a little, and I'd need to pray for them more, which I would. Uh
0: Again, we can only know God well when we know our own sin, and those who have known God without knowing their wretchedness have not glorified Him, but have glorified themselves.
10: I guess the first part, you always hear about more, you know, um, people get religion when they're in the bunkers. I guess one thing, I don't know if I'm interpreting this right, but I guess people, if, if things are going well in their life, you know, they don't really look to God, you know. This is only when things are going bad, you know, which everyone experiences, you know, death, sickness, unfortunate circumstances.
0: Well that's different though than sin somewhat, unless your unfortunate circumstances are caused by your own sin, right? Mm -hmm.
10: So it's like the people that don't think they're sinners. I'm sure you've met this, you know, same type of people. They don't think they sin at all. I mean, they, you know, go to church Uh once, twice, three times a week. Uh
0: Do you think all of them are really secretly doing some bad crap and they just don't admit it? Or do you think they just, they do lead a clean life?
10: Well, I guess there's I guess you'd call it intentional sin and there'd be unintentional. They might not know they're doing certain So
0: what's their unintentional sin? Give an example of those kind of people.
10: I don't know if you call it sin. I mean just treating people poorly or you know. Okay, well that's a sin. I don't know if this is a good example, but I worked with this lady mm-hmm. that do you remember when those bad tornadoes came through here several years mm-hmm. ago? It was like started out Um, It hit a trailer park real bad. A lot of people died and then it got into Newburgh. I guess in her neighborhood a lot of houses were destroyed and hers didn't get touched. And she thought that since she was so in with God that God spared her house. And I was just like, she was telling people at work this and I just, man, I was wanting to say something to her so bad. But here's the funny thing too, like that same tornado Like our current, we had like an interim preacher, really, you know, good guy and his Mm. wife. His house got destroyed. I mean, there was like nothing left of it. Yeah. And he was our preacher. So is that not to say that he's right with God?
0: Well, there's always the story of Job.
10: Right. What cracks me up is these like, like you watch like uh, games, like football games Mm -hmm. or something. Like I don't watch a lot of sports. There was, you know, give credit to God. Well, did God really pick your team to win? Yeah. Are you to do the best yeah. out of everyone else? I mean, did he single you out? Maybe
0: God had money on that game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again? We can only know God well when we know our own sin, and those who have known God without knowing the wretchedness have not glorified him, but have glorified themselves.
11: That's foolishness. Okay. (laughs) It's absolute foolishness. In what way? He's like, you have to know your sin before you can know God. Like, God is more like the sun. Like, you can only see your sins by knowing God, I think is... You think it should go in that order? Yeah, it should go in that order. It's like, it's the beacon of truth. It's the light. If you're speaking from a Christian-like perspective... I mean there are people who after like seeing their sins they're able to also to like recognize God but if God is the beacon of truth, the light, um, the thing by which you see though you can't see it, it elucidates whatever it is. You may find that things that you thought were false were not false but virtues and things that you thought were virtues were in fact false. you can only really see clearly through that light
0: Well so let me take it at this angle what if someone they know God, or they think they know God, but they don't see what they do as sin. Like, they don't see hurting others. Do you feel like they really know God then?
11: I don't believe they know God then. But it's not because they don't know their sin. It's because they don't know God, and therefore okay. they don't see their sin. Okay. Um, that's the, I think that's more like the, the, like the litmus test mm-hmm. of it all.
0: Well, like these days in modern America, the church is quite divided on several lines. But think about politics. I don't know what the percentage is, but probably the majority is a little bit more on the conservative side politically. Let's say, let's say like abortion mm-hmm. or or homosexual mm-hmm. m- uh, unions or something like that. But there is a sizable population of Christianity that thinks those two things are okay. Mm-hmm. Kind of depending how you look at it, mm-hmm. uh, either thinking those things are okay or thinking they're not okay is a sin. Again, depending on your angle. Yeah. Yet they both claim to know God. How does that work?
11: Oh. I think there's an issue going on with the church and with within Christianity, and we want God to glorify our particular perspective. Mm. I think for the early Christians, it was more about not focusing on self so much, but focusing on the community. The idea wasn't that I want my community to glorify what I'm doing. So even if that had to do with like a heterosexual relationship or a homosexual relationship, Though, at that time, it wouldn't have been a homosexual relationship. But the idea was, let's step away, you know, from anything carnal, whether it be, like, say, positive or negative, but just so that we can do what is beneficial for the community. Mm -hmm. So if what I'm looking for in any relationship, if you're talking, say, a personal relationship with God, to actually glorify myself by being in this relationship, there's still, like putting things in like the wrong order so I I think that a person can appear to or even say have the right theology let's say we go with the conservative side and say that uh, homosexuality is a sin granted sin comes from the Greek harmatia which is to take aim at something essay say with a bow or arrow and you shoot the arrow and then you miss the target so we have this idea of like falling short of the glory of God, right I think there are some like pragmatic um things like if there is a vagina and there is a penis, it's like from that f- perspective, it should go together now, right. perhaps we have a software issue <laughs> All right. <laughs> and so if we have a software issue like going on a like a technical uh technical definition of sin, we can say that there's it can simply be a mismatch of the physical with the internal, with the emotional, even say with the spiritual. By that definition it could still be sin but not be something that would then like throw you out of the bounds of the church. Or even have the same sort of moral um, imposition on the person. Even coming from that perspective or another, if you're focusing more on worshiping God or using using that light from God to actually benefit society. When it comes down to how a person celebrates a gay union within the community, meaning should I be positive tolerance and like versus negative tolerance, but I have people who are being killed in other countries um, because of economic policies here, or there are other people who aren't being fed. It's like, I think that there's there's a moral dilemma there, but I'm kind of moving away from the real question there. I think it's possible to be in a relationship with God and still be very sincerely wrong or also have, like, a thorn in your perception. I think there are some earnest, racist Christians. And I know that sounds, like, ridiculous. I think there are people, and maybe when they're by themselves, alone, they kind of struggle with it maybe by themselves. They kind of wonder if they're right. And I think a lot of people do that, no matter where they are with their faith. They'll go, uh, a gay person might actually go when they're by themselves. I love God, but am I really in the right place? You know, mm-hmm. their are person, you know, in the, the church where people are kind of racist-like. I know my pastor says this, but how am I really supposed to read, there's no Jew, there's no Gentile? What if it does mean what the other people are saying? So it's possible to be in, in a true relationship and still be wrong. We have, we have the same situation with, like, your spouse or your lover or, mm-hmm. or your friend or family.
0: You know, you can still be married and not be completely right. Yeah. Again? We can only know God well when we know our own sin, and those who have known God without knowing their wretchedness have not glorified Him, but have glorified themselves.
1: Yeah, I just think that knowing that you sin and that you are broken and flawed Mm -hmm. gives a meaning to God. Mm -hmm. That if you don't know how bad you need God, Mm -hmm. then there wouldn't be a Can you
0: give an example of why you feel like you... This is personal, I guess, but why you need God? You. F-
1: I mean, I just think that like putting faith in yourself is a, f- like,
7: oh man. Personally,
1: like when you you know like people are always like I, I just want to find myself. I'm just gonna like believe in myself and mm-hmm. stuff. And m- my personal thought when when that I'm just like, but you can't trust yourself. You can't trust your brain. You can't trust your heart. You're always <laughs> you know yeah. um, changing your mind. You're always messing up like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm an imbecile. I know that I would be worse off if I didn't think that there was a, a something better than myself. You, you can put it in those real vague terms if you want to, mm-hmm. but, but God.
1: As many mistakes and failures mm-hmm. as I make, like there's no way that I don't need God. Mm-hmm. And needing is just like, if I believe in, in a, a God that was a creator, had some sort of divine plan, which I do believe, you know i feel like that that gives me a, a lot of hope that i don't have to worry or i don't have to control or i don't have to you know deal with so much and have so much on me and i and i think that if i didn't recognize that i can't do it all by myself
0: it's like the like the old country hymns about like laying your burdens down or giving mm-hmm. your, your troubles to, God
1: and it goes a lot to me with that um, other quote about love because I do think that God is love and I do think that when you have love for things and that that makes your life worth something Mm -hmm. and if you don't have that then I don't think you have much value Mm -hmm. I mean not that you don't but that you don't recognize it right you know like that you just that it's not Not that it's not there, but you're like completely oblivious to (laughs) what you could have had.
0: And there's also this value in you that you wouldn't recognize unless you... Because especially in modern society, like what have you accomplished? What do you um, believe or do you think the right way? Are you cool? Mm -hmm. That's where we put all our value on it. And I think God loves you no matter what, Mm -hmm. no matter if if you aren't any of those things.
1: Well, that's a whole grace factor that I love. Like I love the whole idea of... Even like God being graceful and saying, I love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, I love feeling like other people show me grace Mm -hmm. or when I get a chance to Mm -hmm. show somebody else grace. That's Mm -hmm. like, maybe it's selfish, but it makes me feel like, you know, like this is what I'm supposed to do show grace here. You know, like there's no bigger hug than like
0: forgiving hug and yeah, just
1: like, hey, you know, you messed up. It's okay.
0: I know, now I'm interjecting myself, but I, I feel like when uh I can get to forgive somebody I, it makes me feel great <clears throat> because I know I need it mm-hmm. terribly, so since I need it, if I can give it, like oh we're cool, you know we uh, not cool, but you know we're
1: yeah, no i I agree, yeah, so and you don't get to give grace if there's no failure or
0: yeah.
1: or sin That's and, true. and so I think that paying attention to where you have to just be self-aware and mm-hmm. just aware of what you need, what you have, what, and I guess that's why you're having this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, but just knowing, um,
0: think of how devastating it would be if your child didn't need you. Right. Didn't make mistakes, didn't need some guidance, didn't need your love, forgiveness, all that kind of thing. Yeah. source of the quotes all human unhappiness comes from not knowing how to stay quietly in a room time heals griefs and quarrels for we change and are no longer the same persons neither the offender nor the offended are any more themselves we can only know god well when we know our own sin and those who have known god without knowing the wretchedness have not glorified him but have glorified themselves are all from the same french feller blaise pascal and to give us a quick backdrop on the guy behind the mind. Here's our friend, Sean Francis Flynn.
12: He was a mathematician, a physicist, and a religious philosopher. He was born in 1623 and he died in 1662. And he died of uh, a tumor in his stomach. Hmm. Everything but that about this guy is really interesting. As a child, he's kind of a prodigy, and his father didn't send him to a normal school so he could create his own curriculum for his son and he decided that he wasn't going to teach little blaze math because he felt like he would become too interested in it so he started teaching him like the classics and then also latin and greek i think it was he discovered that his son, kind of on the side, had been teaching himself math.
0: Uh-oh. What a bad, <laughs> yeah. What a bad what a kid. Ripple.
12: Yeah. But, uh yeah, so he had basically taught himself geometry. He had figured out geometry on his own, and he didn't know any of the terms, so he just kind of made up his own terms. And just one of those people that's so brilliant that you just can't imagine what a day in their life must be like.
10: Right. But
12: anyway, so that was his childhood. Later in life, he built the first calculator, which is called the Pascalin, and it's a simple well, for us it looks simple, but it was a just a series of like little display ports where you could see the numbers between zero and nine. And then below those it was these mechanical wheels that you would turn to input a number. And then you could add
0: or subtract by spinning the little mechanical wheels more. So you've seen this thing in action. Yeah, uh, you can actually look on
12: YouTube, type in Pascaline, P-A-S-C-A-L-I-N-E, and if you click on videos, there's people making them out of Legos and stuff now. Really? But you can see an old one, yeah. It's like this metal box. It's pretty cool. Another interesting thing about this guy is that he tried to create a perpetual motion machine, which, for the listeners who don't know, it's trying to create a machine with the purpose to produce more energy than it uses, I yeah. guess. Whoa. I don't
0: really.
12: Yeah. Yeah. So with all his experiments and stuff, he invented this little machine, and <laughs> today it's
0: known as the roulette wheel.
12: Really? Yeah. So <laughs> he, he created the roulette machine, and uh... now we use it. In Vegas, so and we, thank you, Blaise Pascal. Thank
0: you for, I lost my house and my wife. Yeah,
12: <laughs> but your invention was great. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. okay, so that gets into the morality. This guy was not only like a heavy-duty uh, scientist, basically, but yeah. also into theology. Did that ever cause any conflict? Because, you know, we often hear in history uh, the conflict between some scientist and the church. Although, if you look at the whole history, I mean higher learning and a lot of science actually did come from the church. A lot of monks and priests who had a little more time on their hands to think about these things, but did he have any troubles about with that? Well, he actually wrote these letters under a pseudonym.
12: They collected them later and I think they're called, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly in mm-hmm. the French, but it's like Les okay. Provinciales or something. It was all in regards to a movement in the Catholic Church called Jansenism. And Jansenists, they were already in a bit of a conflict with the papacy. It was created by these people, they're called Gallicanists, uh-huh. and it was a kind of political theory, and it was in favor of restricting the Pope's power. So he was already kind of on the outside fringes of the Catholic Church anyway.
0: So they were within the Catholic Church, but they were trying to limit the Catholic Church.
12: Yeah, the Pope's power. Okay, wow. But in terms of, like, his personal faith Mm -hmm. and then his scientific mind, Mm -hmm. I don't think there was ever a conflict. Like, yeah, it's a whole mystery how this guy must, like, separate the two but keep them together in a way. Mm -hmm. But you can actually see in his – there's this thing called Pascal's Wager. You can see his scientific mind – kind of laid out for, like, using it for faith. If you look at it, it looks like a truth table in, like, computer
0: science. I don't know if you guys know what that looks like. We'll we'll look it up. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just Google that,
12: too. It's basically, if you believe in God and God exists, you have eternal life, and so that's an infinite gain. If God doesn't exist and you believe in God, then you lose nothing. But if you don't believe in God and God exists, you go to hell. And I really don't think this holds with as God has changed throughout, Catholic teachings have changed through time and what they believe God is or isn't.
0: But with a guy who dealt with numbers all day long, that would make total sense. It, yeah. It, it's, it's, a, yeah. It, it's a gamble. and
12: Yeah. When you look at it, it's like, yeah, well, hey, I should go back to church. <laughs> it's flawed, but it's a good idea.
0: <laughs> right. Right, and this wasn't far from the time when philosophers of the day, I think like a majority of them were actually Christians, but they were trying to prove the existence of God or try to apply the sciences of the day to faith.
12: Yeah, and maybe he wanted to try to do something like that, but he understood that you just can't prove it.
0: I want to thank all our armchair philosophers that dropped by the woodpile, and I want to especially thank... Lynette Dunovett, for bringing her organ and piano skills to serve as bumper music on this episode. This is Herd and Katz episode 11, so if you'd like to match your mind against other great thinkers than my super swell friends, go back and check out the previous 10. The In the Corner Back by the Woodpile podcast is produced by a closet, a pocket, and a suitcase. You can email us at spungcounterguy at hotmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at spungcounterguy. and if you'd like to see a list of former episodes of In the Corner Back by the Woodpile. Go to spungcounterguide.com and click on the pictures of piles of wood with chairs in front. Be sure to download the new Podbean app to hear this podcast and others on your tablet and smartphone. And we are now on iTunes. Just do a search for Back by the Wood Pile on the iTunes store and we should pop up. And a special thanks to thebrofisticate.com.